Huh? Amen. Pray with me, please. Almighty God, I come to you now as your servant, asking that the words that I speak this morning would not be mine, but they would be yours. God, these words that we will hear for Scripture today are not particularly easy. <coughs> In fact, if we're honest, they make us evaluate ourselves in a way, oh God, that we would just soon not do. Help us to be honest with you today. Help us to be honest with ourselves. And help us to be loving of each other. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit, that I would do your will and not my own. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so you know how this goes. <laughs> um, occasionally as I, I, I sit here and um, think about what I'm going to say, um, the scripture changes. And based on what you've heard today, I, I need to back up the gospel a little bit. Um, so that those two scriptures that you heard not only out of the Psalms but from Galatians uh, makes sense into what Jesus is trying to teach us. So starting in the ninth chapter of Luke beginning with the 43rd verse. While they continued to stand around, I'm sorry, yes, while they continued to stand around exclaiming over all the things that Jesus was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, treasure and ponder each of these next words. The son of humanity is about to be betrayed. They didn't get what he was saying. It was like he was speaking a foreign language and they couldn't make head nor tails of it. But they were embar too embarrassed to ask him what it meant. Then they started arguing over which of them would be most famous. When Jesus realized how much this mattered to them, he brought a child to his side and said, Whoever accepts this child as if the child were me accepts me. And he said, Whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. You become great by accepting, not asserting. Want to hear that again? Because that's a troubling phrase. You become great by accepting, not asserting. Your spirit, not your size, makes the difference. And John spoke up. Master, we saw a man using your name to expel demons. And we stopped him because he wasn't from our group. And Jesus said, don't stop him. If he's not an enemy, he's an ally. Jesus said, do not stop him. If he's not an enemy, he's an ally. And when it came close to the time for his ascension, he gathered up his courage and steeled himself for the journey to Jerusalem. <laughs> he sent messengers on ahead, and they chose to go through a Samaritan village to make arrangements for his hospitality. But when the Samaritans learned that his destination was Jerusalem, they refused hospitality. When the disciples James and John learned, James and John learned of it, they said, Master, 
Do you want us to call a bolt of lightning down out of the sky and incinerate them? And Jesus replied, of course not. And they traveled on another road. And someone asked if he could go along. I'll go with you wherever. But Jesus was curt. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. And he said to him, follow me. Certainly the first excuse, uh, then, uh, then he said, excuse me for a couple of days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. And Jesus refused. First things first, your business is life, not death. And then life is urgent to announce God's kingdom. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master, but first excuse me while I go get things straightened out at home. And Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You cannot put off God's kingdom till tomorrow. Seize the day. Man, is this loaded with stuff or what? Right? So let's set the, let's set the scene. Does everybody understand what that whole little blip was about him going through Samaria? You know, that, that's Samaritan territory, right? Mm -hmm. And everything was fine until the Samaritans found out where he was going. And then all of a sudden, hey, you ain't staying here. Does everybody understand what that issue was? No, not really. Okay, anybody else? Anybody want to take a shot at it? Do you know who the Samaritans are? Who are the Samaritans? They were the lowest of the low. Non-Jewish. Well, no, actually, they were, Jewish. they were Jewish, but the low of the low Jews. Why? Because there was cross marriages. Oh, so they were a mixed race. Right. Exactly. I mean, we know that, right? You know, gay marriages, black and white marriages, Asian and white marriages. Mixed marriage. They had somehow or another, during the time of the, the occupation, one of the many wars over there, and, the, and, and, and Jewish folks ended up in Samaria, they ended up in relationships. And the proud and mighty Jews of the day, those that wanted a pure faith, does this sound even close to what we still deal with today? absolutely hated these people. So the first thing about this story is that Jesus decided to go through it. What, I mean, let's stop and think for a minute. Why would Jesus decide to walk through Samaria? Because he loved everyone. Yeah, he had a message. He had a message for everyone. He had a message. And listen, there again, whether you take scripture, you know, word for word, every dotted I, every cross T is exactly uh, the way that it happened. Pay attention to this story. Because uh, like you were saying in one of our little political discussions this week, that, you know, uh, like if you watch the debates and there was something that happened in the debate and, and my friend uh, Brandon writes on, on Facebook to me, he says, well, she planned to do that, didn't she? Absolutely she did. She knew what she had to do in order to get some attention. Jesus knew what the feelings were about the Samaritans. 
And he knew what was going to happen to him when he got to Jerusalem, folks. That the story is very clear about that. So he decides to go into Jerusalem, and just his mere presence in Jerusalem should have spoke volumes. Probably made people around him rather nervous, which is why you got that first response. There was some dude out there casting out demons. There was some dude out there that had heard about Jesus' teachings and he was following it and getting rid of those demons, feeding people, etc., etc. And Jesus' two closest people. Who was it? Matthew and James? Thank you. John. Yeah, it was John. John was his closest disciple, the one that, you know, that he was kind of favoring as we've learned over history. Sits there and goes, hey, this guy ain't giving you any credit. And you know what he was really saying under his breath? Samaritan. You know, we, you've heard that, right? We've, we've heard that today. Oh, yeah, they're doing great stuff, but they're gay. Oh, yeah, they're doing great stuff, but they're mixed. Yeah, they're American, but they're Muslim. Same thing. And what was Jesus' response? If you don't walk out of here with anything else today, folks, when you're trying to decide how to make some of these decisions in your life, hear what Jesus said. <laughs> if they're not against you, they are your ally. Doesn't matter whether they understand things exactly the way you do. What matters is that they are your ally. That they wish you no harm. Well, again, if we've got to relate to today, we don't go much further in this story when, okay, we're here. We're with the Samaritans. Uh, Jesus, you're going to go to Jerusalem, which is... Uh, you know, that's where all the Jews are who hate us. If you're going there, you ain't staying in our house. Oh, wait a minute. You can't treat him like that. How dare you? Jesus, these pe see, these people have always been bad. We told you they were bad. We told you that they didn't want to really follow you. That it was all convenience. Do you want us to incinerate them? And if you don't think that that is a statement that we ought to think about, think about going to war with Iran because they shot down $6 million out of the sky. No life lost. And again, what was Jesus' response? I'll read it to you again, just so you know. Of course not. Of course not. Okay. So now this story has done what? It's taken to care of a couple of major things um, in, as far as our faith is concerned. Has it not? 
because you saw the title I gave it. Maybe you might have looked at that and went, really? What is the cost of being faith serious? Because there's lots of people around that call themselves Christians. There's lots of people around that say they have faith. And the first two steps of testing your faith is how do you deal with people that are different than you? Amen? I mean, and oh, well, let's bring it home a little bit. How do you deal with people that are drug addicts? How do you deal with people that are out on the street? How do you deal with people that don't live in the same kind of house that you live in? Or don't live the same way that you understand, i.e., I just don't get those transgenders. You know what I'm saying? I just don't get them. And I don't understand why they're out there making our life as gays miserable. <laughs> and you know that I speak the truth because I get said. The rumors have already started in the political debate. Did you see it this week that Kamala Harris is not black? Come on, people. Let's wake up. It's the exact same thing in this story that Jesus was talking about. How people react to those people that are not like them. But you see, y'all should be disturbed enough about that when we leave here, right? Because what we can all sit here and do is go, oh, okay, I get it, Pastor. I, I don't behave like that. I really don't. I love everybody. I love everybody okay but see we finished the story and there's the Samaritan dude okay because of Jesus and says I want to follow you but I, I I got I gotta I gotta my daddy just died so I gotta I gotta go bury him and then I'll come isn't Jesus kind of mean at that point? I mean, dude, let the dead bury the dead. You're supposed to be about life. So was Jesus being harsh or was he trying to make an attitude adjustment? <clears throat> How many, of us, how many of us spend too much time dealing with stuff that's dead? That's going absolutely nowhere. You know, one of the things that I always tell people in, when I do relationship counseling, if you're going to make a relationship work, if you're going to get past the five-year mark, the 10-year mark, get into the 20 and the 30s and the 40s and 50s and 60s, there's something that you have to learn, and that is to act, not react. What happened in this story at the beginning was all reaction on the part of the disciples, right? Look, they don't look like us, so they reacted. Oh, they're not doing the same thing, so they reacted. Oh my God, they did something that we don't like. They reacted. Oh my God, there's immigrants coming over the, the border. We react. Oh my God, they shot down a drone. We react. Oh my God. There's too many homeless to feed. Oh my God, I can't do my business with all these, whatever you call them, hanging in front of my business. And we react. And Jesus' lesson was, stop reacting. 
Let that stuff take care of itself. You're about life. You're about living. And then of course the last one. <laughs> okay, I'll follow you. But I got I got I gotta make sure everything's just right. I got some stuff I gotta take care of at home. Amen. How many people, you know, <laughs> I <laughs> God. You all understand that I know that your relationship with God is personal. You all know that I understand completely. It's why we don't have in this church, we don't have Stewardship Sunday. It's why we don't have you sign pledges. It's why we don't look for you to make membership <clears throat> commitments. However, I will raise one thing to you. What is it that God requires of us? It's one of our foundational scriptures to be just to be merciful and to be humble in, with God in our relationship with God. If you're being fair, if you're being merciful, and if you're being humble, then these kind of fights as to who's going to be first isn't going to happen. Who's given the most isn't going to happen. I, I can't tell you how many times when I've looked at people and say, hey, we need help with this or that, or we could use this or that, or wouldn't it be nice if we could do this or that? And people look at me and go, well, you know what? I need to go home and figure this out. Okay, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not going to be like Jesus. But I will tell you this. You ought to think about what that relationship's all about and ask yourself this question. Am I being fair? Am I being merciful? And most of all, am I being humble? Bless you. How many of you this morning believe that technology makes certain tasks easier? How many of you would prefer a washing machine to a washboard. Mm -hmm. How many of you like keeping in touch with your families and friends on Facebook or Instagram? Mm -hmm. How many of you also believe that we can use misuse technology in ways that the inventors of these various technologies did not even think about when they invented them? For instance, do you know that there's a, a, a site called sociallyyup.com that you can buy 500 likes for $30 or 20,000 likes for $699 or for $10 a company called fan me now will find you 1,000 Twitter followers and for $1,750 $1,750 you can buy a million Twitter followers I would suggest that we ought to pay attention to this story. That we really ought to be paying attention to this story. Why do you do what you do? Take a look in the mirror. 
and measure that relationship with God. And if you're doing things because you want to be the center of attention or because you think you have to do it, maybe you ought to rethink that a little bit, folks. See, that's the reason... That's the reason I love this church. It's because for the most part, y'all get it. It is putting your faith first. You want to know what it is to own your faith as opposed to rent it? Come back and read this story. And get some ownership of your own faith as you go into your week. God bless you. Too late. Turn, turn it back, back on. on. Have fun, Mike. <laughs> I want to. I want to conclude. Close the the message with. Did you all see the welcome to the new week? Because I was just about that. Because I had written my sermon. I did the welcome to the new week first, and then wrote the sermon, and then went back and looked at the welcome to the week and went, "Oh my God." <laughs> So here you go. Get along among yourselves, each of you doing your part. Our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to move on and gently encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet and being patient with each person, attentive to individual needs. And be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, that you don't snap at each other. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. That, my friends, is owning your faith. God bless you.